I'm David. And I'm Courtney. And welcome to Room to Roam, a podcast about parenthood and relationships. And all the shit in between. All right, and welcome to our season finale of Room to Roam. We have a very special uh, season finale episode um, (laughs) called Generations. Uh, We have the lovely... Keith and Missy Lee, uh, who are joining us today. Uh, thank you for, for joining us. Thank nice you for here. joining us. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Nobody's ever called me lovely before. Oh, <laughs> you are very lovely. Very thank lovely. you for having us. Yeah, so Hashtag mom and dad. Yes. Me. Yeah. Um, Courtney's parents, mother and father. Um, and excited to talk about just your life and how the adventures you guys have had and how raising children have change over time and all the fun things and maybe some uh, dirty little secrets too. Ew, you're disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to know any of your dirty secrets. Keep it to yourself. Don't like your bacon eyes, dad. I see you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's just start by having you introduce yourselves to us, even though we know you. Our listeners might not know you. So a little bit about yourself, whatever you choose to share, your children, your grandkids, whatever you want. Ladies first. Okay, I'm Misty Lee, a parent of Amanda, Courtney, and Rebecca, and I have three wonderful grandchildren, blessed to me in the last year, three in a year. (laughs) I knew my girls would do this to me, (laughs) (laughs) but so blessed, and I'm a nurse, been a nurse for 35 plus years, so still loving the profession, and love what I do every day, and... Um, what else? Mm-hmm. I don't know. My self-care for my daughters is exercise. Mm-hmm. And so I exercise, work out six days a week and can't live without it. It's <laughs> impressive, really. I mean, super mom. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I'm Keith Lee and I have the same amount of children and grandchildren that she has. <laughs> and I am You're sure a, you don't have any extras? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, not, uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, Please. I am a PGA member, a professional golfer, who worked in the golf industry for 30-plus years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hell yeah. Wow. So how did you guys meet? We have I, to know. We always um, ask couples when they come on Because I, I think what was wild, you guys yeah. met the same time as... Same place that my parents met, I think. Uh, Our first no. date was the first same. First date. Oh, yeah. okay. First date was the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys, how did you guys meet? Do you want to do this or you want me to do I'll this? I'll do it. <laughs> she has to do it, but you've got to give all the stuff she skips because this is a good story for those who haven't heard it. So I met Keith. As I said before, I'm a nurse and I worked in a trauma step-down unit and Keith was a patient on my unit Uh, hit by a drunk driver and so I was taking care of another patient who was comatose so of course he was rather chatty because my patient didn't talk so (laughs) we got to know each other through that and then uh, with permission of my head nurse she's like I followed the rules I swear we were allowed to start dating and subsequently uh, our floor three other nurses actually dated and married patients whoa yeah, I did so, not know that. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. So, that could be like an adult, adult, uh, well, adult my, romance novel. As my Seriously. head nurse said, I would rather you meet someone here than in a bar. Yeah. So, True. Okay. So that's how we met. And Thank you so much for the professional version, Dad. Give me what you got. Yeah. Tell me the dirty. Uh, so yeah, I was in auto accident. So, um, she was my nurse in the step down unit, and 
I immediately, when I wasn't too doped up on morphine from the accident, um, noticed this attractive young woman. And a friend of hers came in, uh, one of her shifts, and they were going to go out somewhere and asked her her phone number. And a couple hours later, she came back and said, I forgot the phone number. And I blurted out her phone number back to them because I memorized it when the other girl gave it to her. Oh From behind God. the curtain. So and my cute. girlfriend is like, my girlfriend's like, and I'm like, <laughs> and then we ended up subsequently double dating with them. We all got married the same year with her and her husband. Oh my God. And they would, have three yeah. kids just like we do. And I was in the hospital for a week, and we our first date was the day after I was released from the hospital. Wow. You knew from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them what you told Stephen Mary. Oh, yeah. I was pretty doped up at the time but my best friends for a long time came in one day and <laughs> and I was introducing him to her and I looked at him and I said we have to get married because she's seen me naked so <laughs> <laughs> which actually I had to remind him today wasn't entirely true mm -hmm. because he was well enough that he took his own bed baths. I didn't see him naked. Dang. You didn't give him a sponge bath. Dang. You, you probably peeked around the no, curtain. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> when did, I, when did um, so you guys dated. Um, when did you know each other were the one? Well. Was there like a specific moment? Well, probably we met in May, late May. Mm -hmm. And we went to Hawaii together with our family, with my family, in November. October, yeah, October November. late October, November. And uh, we decided that we would prank our friends back home because we basically saw each other every day from the time we met. Oh. And um, so we thought we would prank them. So we had wedding pictures taken in Hawaii, and we came back and told them that we got married. <laughs> do you still Hawaii. have those? I've never seen those. <laughs> yeah, I think we do somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we, we, bought, got fake we bought fake rings, rings and everything oh and came God. back and told them we got married. So probably something about yes. that, yeah. So it was pretty funny. obvious by that point, I think. That, How old were you guys when you met? Uh, I was 89. No, I was 87. You were 87 years old? I was no. 87 years old. So, no, I was 87. <laughs> so I was 29 when we met. Okay. And I was, I had just turned 26. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because he turned 30. I turned 30 two weeks after we met. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I was 30. Yeah. Oh and I was 26. So, and I lived with Aunt Cindy. Yeah. So. Or no, I turned 29 two weeks after I was 28 when we met. Yeah. So I when, was 25. When did you know that? Oh, I probably knew, probably around then too, same when we were in Hawaii, you know, because I'd been, met his, been with his family and... They didn't drive you away because the leaves are a bit much. No, know. no. We were with all of the family. And Carrie, just to be Jenny. clear, we went to Hawaii for a week and we slept in different hotel rooms. Condos. We were in oh, two wow. separate condos. I was with Uncle Rick and Aunt Vicky, and oh, Dad gosh. was with... I had my own room. Carol and Jim. Yeah. Really? And Jenny and Carol. How respectful of you guys. Wow. Well, yeah. We're Grandma and Grandpa did not come. We wish. Oh, That's our okay. biggest regret that they didn't come. They didn't want to come. Mom didn't so, like to fly. Yeah. That's a common theme with the mothers of yours. Yes. <laughs> Don't like to fly. So well, that's how did you me. guys start deciding to have kids? Like, when did you, like, start being I like, I want to try? I don't Sorry. really know if it was a conscious decision. Well, I, 
Yes, it was. Well, I mean, it's not like, well, what I mean is I'm, we didn't sit down one day and say, oh, we should have kids. I think it just kind of. No, I was having some health issues, and so I had to take decide. my temperature and do all this stuff to, for, to get some disability insurance. And so my endocrinologist had me doing some things, and Keith was like, well, if we're doing this, we might as well just try. Mm. So, so, so you wanted a baby. You were like, let's get going. Well, it seemed pointless to do all, make all that effort, not have a kid. Right. So all that effort in the sense of like watching my ovulation, watching it because she was doing all the things to see if she could have kids. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So you're like, well, we might as well just try without you know them telling us whether or not you can. We could just tell them. Right. Which was kind of exciting because you get the text or not text message, but you get a phone call work saying. I'm ovulating. Come home now. <laughs> Did you do it? Yeah. I got to go. I got to go. I told it's my time. boss, I got to go. <laughs> God. That's amazing. I know. That's amazing. The red phone. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> He's got a red, misty ovulation phone. Guys, <laughs> it's time. I got to go. You know oh what time it is. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. Did you always want three kids? Well, two. no. We thought two. And so Becca was our, as I say, our blessing baby. She's so appropriate. She calls her a blessing baby. What do you call her, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> well, my perspective changed because I was I was the last born in my family, and I'm ten years younger than my next sibling, my brother. So I always considered myself an accident, but then as I got older, I realized that I wasn't an accident. I was a knight of passion. And so that's kind so of, shout out to Becca. Shout out to Being Becca. Baby Becca, was a, Becca was a knight of passion, yes. <laughs> wow. But she was, I had one baby in 1994 and I had another baby in 1995. So I was less than thrilled about that idea. Wow. Wow. Bounce so. back. Because you were like, wow, I had Courtney, I just hit it perfectly, I'm done. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, crap, I got another one. Yeah, I'm pregnant. And he was confident it was a boy, and I was like, I'm thinking it's not. I'm just going to tell you. I bet it's a girl. So mm. I kind of always knew it would be another girl. Girl, 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 girl. Three girls. Three girls. Three how, girls. How does it feel having three girls? Well, I was great by the time I was 32, so. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. One is hard, hard enough. You weren't 32 when Rebecca great. was born, dear. You're I, a little I older than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait a minute, honey. But two, of, two made him, made him gray. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, it was Amanda and Courtney. Don't you think that would make anyone gray? No. Having, da- having daughters as a father is a real blessing. So it's it's... You don't feel like you missed out by not having a boy. You know, you obviously miss out on some things, you know, that you have with sons that you don't ever have with daughters, but my daughters were special. And it's, it, yeah, so I don't, I don't regret having three girls at all, by any means. It was a, it was Plus a great Plus, we got three time. sons now. So yeah, that's true. That's, true. that's, that's the that's best true. part. Four, <laughs> technically. Well, now with Hudson. And yeah. a grandson. And a grandson, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh. So, yeah. Love him. So, uh, what would you? I guess, what would you say is your favorite part? I guess when you first have the first kid, um, what was your favorite part about being a new parent when you first had Amanda? The favorite part and hardest part. Favorite. Oh, hardest the hardest part. part. Favorite and hardest, like when you had Amanda specifically. Hmm. The hardest part. Well, it was harder for her because 
she always had to breastfeed, so I never had to get up in the middle of the night. She, I rarely got up in the middle of the night that didn't deal with the kids. So she always did that. She'd say, you just go to sleep and I'll take care of it. Um, but the hardest part is transitioning to being woken up all night long, you know, when they're first born and having to deal with, you know, all the things that come with having a newborn child. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys know, right? Sure do. We want to uh, know if it changed. The, the real, the the real no. blessings and things that I'll never forget is holding the child in the hospital for the first time and, and bringing the baby home and sitting on the couch. Sorry, I'm going to start crying here in a minute. Um, but, um, you know, just sitting on the couch and hugging them and rocking them and sleeping mm-hmm. with them and stuff. I watch videos that you post with you in Rome, and it's just like, I remember those days. Those were great, just great days. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty pretty special and pretty amazing. And it's nice got, to know. Yeah, it's nice to know that. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. <laughs> Still the same. I used to say the first two weeks are the worst. And then the first two years, it takes, you're just never not tired. I'm feeling that. <laughs> we were, uh, uh, a, a short side note, there was, we were in a Bible study years ago. And question came up in Bible studies, how would you define unconditional love? And um, I raised my hand and I said, well, the truest meaning to me of unconditional love is when you have a child. Because you have this human being in your arms and you've, just met them and they've never done anything for you except maybe cause you to lose sleep and (laughs) all these different things but at the moment you have them you would do anything to protect them and probably give your life to save them so to me that's as pure a definition of unconditional love as anything so Was it was it hard from going from one child to the second child, having Courtney? Keith and I differ on this. Ooh. He has a different. Yeah, what well, was the hardest? Zero to one, one to two, two to three. Because we've obviously only done so you zero to first. one. Well, I think zero to one, zero to or one to two was fun, e- easier, easier because we could divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. You know, one could take the other's one, and one could take the other the other. When it was three, it was a bit overwhelming, even though Amanda was five and, you know. So you think two to three was? Two to three, for me, was much harder. It was just harder to divide and conquer. You're outnumbered. Right, you're outnumbered. And you, you know, you're trying to struggle with a reading child and two children who don't read, who need this. And, you know, so for me, Keith thinks it was easier going from two I think, to three. Yeah, I think it was easier going from two to three. So what's the harder for you? Because, well, the, I guess you look at, if you look at it this way, it, it, from two kids, you're playing man-to-man, right? Mm-hmm. And three kids, you're playing zone. So in zone, generally, there's less movement, less Basketball. physical activity, <laughs> right? Man-to-man, you're running everywhere, chasing different things. But mm-hmm. Amanda, at that age, was old enough, she could kind of sort of help. A little mm-hmm. bit, and so that, you know, we could put Amanda with, you know, the baby and watch her, or put Amanda with Courtney and watch her, and oh. put us on the other one. Obi, stop. She heard you drop that. Come here. You're fine. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Obi joined the podcast. I knew he was going to do that at least once. So, yeah, for me, it was two to three was easier. And one to two was harder. One was. Zero to one was hard. One was hard. Two was, yeah, harder. It seemed like. When we, to me, it seemed like when we had two, there was three, 
or whatever. Well, two was... <laughs> but well, yeah. it came out the size of two babies, right? So. Well, <laughs> and you have to remember, for us, two was a generational thing. We lost Keith's dad at two mm-hmm. when Courtney was born. So it was a big transition in our life mm-hmm. to have Courtney... Man, three and, days after she was born, dad yeah. was gone. And fortunately for us, my folks came... My parents came down. My mom came and helped me with Amanda mm-hmm. and Courtney. So we were very fortunate in that my mom could do that. Mm-hmm be here to help us and while well, Keith was helping his family being with his family so I think for you I bet that's a big part of it yeah. I've asked you that before too yeah. before for me whereas for me I was too busy just focused on you the girls and so yeah. he took care but, of his but family. for him like the the entrance of me came with other things right. and other right. sadness so yeah, yeah. so Rome has entered the pod, just so everyone's aware. Rome. <laughs> Rome and Obi entering the pod. Yeah, right Rome and Obi in the pod. Yeah, and I definitely can imagine like zero to one would be. I mean, I only have I'm only zero to one right now, mm-hmm. but being the hardest because your whole life. Shifts. Well, everything changes. Everything right? changes after the first one, and you've then, never done this before. You prepared yourself as best as you can. My dad said. When we were talking about having kids, my dad said, "You're never ready to have kids. You just have to have kids and figure it out." Mm-hmm. Kind of like in, I think I don't know if you gave the example of like you're hired for a job that you're not qualified for, but yeah, you got to figure you it out. Figure it out. Right? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But I've never done this before. That's all right. You'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll, okay. You'll work. You'll, trial by error. Trial by fire. Um, and once you, I think once you like have a kid. You get used to, you learn a lot in that first, that first kid and then the second one. And typically, I imagine, a little easier because you have that experience. But Unless they're totally unless different. They're totally different. <laughs> yeah, but the second kid is generally not the same. I was yeah. going to say, was I totally different? different? Yeah, they're totally different. And so you have to adapt as well because they're not necessarily going to behave the same way the first one did. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. What is your uh, proudest moment as a parent? Ooh, oh boy. There's so many. I don't think that was all. <laughs> I told you. That was just, 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 like, it's just a general guideline. Oh my. Oh my. That's, there's. So many. That's the hard Yeah, part. to pick one. There's just so many proud moments when you raise children. You know, it's first time they do ride a bicycle or the first time they do something. Every, every. But what stands out, right? Every when you, step right when you hear forward the is, you know, another a moment to be proud of. Um, like close your eyes right when you hear the question, what, what do you picture? For me, I think mine was when all three of you graduated from college. That was one of my most proudest moments. All three of my kids went to college, graduated from college. I was the first one in my family to graduate from college. So to have all three of my kids do that was a really pinnacle moment for me to see they did it they made the sacrifice had loans and like mm-hmm. I did and, but to do that is a you know big my grandparents raised me and they were very well educated for being born in the early 1900s mm-hmm. but so for that to me it was an honor to my grandparents who both you know for fun we read the dictionary when I was a kid so oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> you want to read the dictionary room yeah. no I think my proudest moments are a series of those events just in conversations I've had with other parents about struggles they have with their kids and different things to have all three of my children successful in their education to um have good jobs 
to find good husbands. Great partners. Yeah, great life, great life partners, and to have all have kids now and be successful, be homeowners, and do all the things that you know. They they're doing everything right, and you know, that's that's pretty good accomplishment. It's pretty something to be pretty proud of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into the nitty gritty. How would you describe your parenting style? Tell me. She jumped right in. <laughs> yeah. um, no, now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I wonder how my parent. We watched that ABC show. I don't know if anyone's watched that. Have we talked about this on the pod before? Uh, no. The parent test on ABC. Have you guys watched it? You should watch it. It's, it's interesting. very interesting. It's very interesting. But they like bring is it all a reality these... show. No, I mean, like, I guess you could say it's reality because it is real parents. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it a reality show. It's like an actual like sit down. Every parent has described their parenting style as a couple, and then they put the kids and parents through tests oh to see how their parenting styles like stand up with it. Mm-hmm. So huh. you'll have to watch that. But how would you individually describe your parenting style? Because obviously um, each parent has a different approach, I would say. I get I get asked that in my career, what's my coaching style like? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I would say my parenting style is a lot like being a coach. You have to, you know, set up a plan and then you have to adapt the plan to the individual as you go through. And so and you try to be understanding. You need to be firm when you need to be firm. You need to be understanding when you need to be understanding. You have to set boundaries. You have to have expectations. Um, and... You have to push a little bit. I think you need to uh, guide that person in a way that they're going to be able to find what their purpose in life is. You don't want to tell them what their purpose in life is or what direction they need to take in life, but you have to provide them with the skills necessary so that they can make a competent, educated decision at the right moment in their lives. And that's kind of where I go with it it's it's you know it's a lot it's like coaching sports or anything else you you give them you try to provide them with the skills necessary so that they can be a successful person in life and how would you say has that has that changed over time your parenting style has it changed over time I think the basics of it is the same for me mm-hmm. um some of the methodology has changed mm-hmm. um but you know, I, it's hard to say. You know, details of how it's changed because it's hard to remember what I was thinking thirty years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for me, it's just yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, Misty yeah. Dawn. Um, well, you know, I was raised by really young parents, so for me, (laughs) yes, I know, um, for me, my parenting style, I guess, was, you know, somewhat like Keith. I mean, we did have high expectations for our kids, expectations that they, you know, their job was to go to school, their, Mm -hmm. um, their job was, if they played sports, to be responsible when they played sports. Mm Um, so, um, being raised by older parents, grandparents, my grandparents were in their sixties when they raised me with my parents Mm -hmm. by the side too. Um, 
You just had, I taught respect was my, you know, I was respect people. I had people tell me, your kids are so polite. They're so respectful. But that's how I was raised by my grandparents. So I wanted my kids to be that way as well. Yeah. So, um, I think, but each, I do think our parenting style was dependent on each kid. Mm -hmm. So I think I was telling Amanda this the other day. I said, you know, when you were a baby, you didn't get out of bed. I mean, even when she was in her toddler bed. She'd go, Mommy, I'm awake. I'd say, okay, give me five more minutes. Mm-hmm. And she'd stay in her bed. This one, not so much. Come get me. I'm awake. I'm a morning person. Yeah, Courtney would be the happy one. Mama, I'm awake. Come get me. You don't get five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, thank so you. She'd be smiling and happy. So, you know, each child is definitely different, and you raise them according to their style and how they, you know, how they respond and... So I think that was kind of my style in conjunction with. And I kids. think it's, it, you know, not not that it's the stereotypical good cop, bad cop kind of mm-hmm. thing, but to a certain extent it is. It's like sometimes she was the good cop and sometimes she was the bad cop, and mm-hmm. you know, we vice rotated. versa. And it would, mm-hmm. You know, because somebody's, you know, I think there's always got to be the one person that sometimes has to console after the other person maybe you know discipline to something mm-hmm. you know, in some way and so but yeah. I mean she I was definitely our... the early riser because it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> when Courtney woke up early I was like okay it's yours <laughs> he's Tap like bring, bring me Amanda she'll fall back asleep with me a bit Pat <laughs> me out yeah and I do I mean I think I mean I guess I would think our kids thought that we I mean we were pretty strict parents mm-hmm. for the most part I mean Lived in a small town. We knew where our kids were most of the time. There wasn't all the time. Are you kidding? I hear about kids these days, and I'm like, see, I'm driving down the road. I'm like, where's your mom? Does she know where you are? You're eight. You're. What are you doing? You need your mom with you. You're eight years old. Like, get home. Well, we were blessed with a pretty good neighborhood network of parents, and yeah. so everybody watched out for everybody else's kids, and so yeah. So oh, the dream. Do you think, um, looking back at um, how you were raised? Um, are there any qualities that you feel like you brought in of how you were parented to how you parent parented these three or how, how you didn't want to parent mm. those three? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can always I had pretty good parents. I'll, I'll give you that. So I, you know, my dad was a master sergeant in, in the army during World War II. Uh, my mom was a, uh, for the most part, uh, early in their early in their marriage, she was a, she worked, she worked, uh, a, a job. My dad was a manager of a retail store, and so she worked at the store mm-hmm. with my father after the military. And so, but then when we moved up here when I was young, then she didn't get a new job. She was just a stay-at-home mom, and so. Um, yeah, they were. I think they were really influenced me as far as how I dealt with the kids mm-hmm. because they they were very similar to us. I think in how they did. My dad would teach me skills. You know, I learned all my woodworking skills and all my curiosity about how to do things and how to how to sit down and figure things out. I got that all from my dad, and so you know that skill set of what I said before about teaching life skills to kids. It's you know. I think they got that from my ma- my dad, and, and uh, I think 
Misty is a lot like my mom was mm. in that. They always say you, you date someone that, that's like, that's your, like your, like your uh, parent. parent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mom? Do you feel like you took stuff from your parents, or do you maybe took stuff that you didn't want to do? or Probably more of that. I mean, as I said, my parents were younger, so, you know, they were pretty, really young. Mm-hmm. So um, I was wanted, you know, dinners at, at the table and, um, you know, make sure we had we always had dinners with the kids teachers once a year we did that yeah you don't remember having dinner with mrs weber and maybe vaguely (laughs) (laughs) but like even once we got into like high school or just like when we were little just in elementary school okay um but yeah so i mean i took things you know positive things my you know my christmas has always been a big thing for my family i came from a divorced family so Mm -hmm. um the bonus of that is you get two Christmases, so I always like to have something to do on Christmas <laughs> Eve and Christmas Day because mm-hmm. that's how I grew up. That Christmas makes Eve with so much more sense now. Christmas yeah, Day. I, I never knew that was the reason why either for her. Yeah, because I got used to having lots of family time. Two Christmases. Two yeah. Christmases. Mm. And, um, you know, and my dad was a hard worker, so he taught me that, and my mom worked hard to be a single mom and raise kids. And so, you know, things I tried not to be was um, you know my mom was a big screamer so I tried not to be that but I could lose my temper (laughs) (laughs) really you don't say so I tried hard not to do that and um, so yeah just to try and have a consistent you know since my parents were both married and divorced four times, divorce mm. was not an option for me. Not that it doesn't occur in your marriage relationship that you're like, ah, that's it. They were you each know. married four times? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I have so many other things to ask Grandpa about. <laughs> <laughs> None of the other ones were too long. So. Oh, okay. I was like, they didn't stick, clearly. No, no. <laughs> Grandma's the longest, 40 years, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, for me, being consistent with my kids, and that was something. And I had stable grandparents. Both my grandparents were, you know. Mm-hmm. And Courtney had great-grandparents until my great-grandma just died, like, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, the, the greats live on in your family, because Rome has greats because mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has great-grandparents. My mm-hmm. dad and mom are her great-grandparents, and okay. no nine grandpa. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. How... How do you then navigate kind of bringing in, right, bringing in how you were parented, your parenting style, as you're learning your own parenting style? How do you both, how do you guys navigate when you disagree with each other's parenting style? Or like an approach to a situation. Um, or an approach to a situation. There's um, heated discussion. (laughs) Um, Great descriptor, heated discussion. In the office? Really? Yes. After the kids go to bed and then the doors are closed and we know everybody's asleep, we had discussions about how things were handled and it's, you know, it's like having a staff meeting at work kind of thing. You just kind of sit, yeah, 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 you're sitting down and you're discussing how you handle it and you had to own up to your mistakes or... For sure. We made some. Don't think we were perfect parents. We certainly... No, we didn't have the joy of internet and... All this trying oh, to figure. Gosh. I think to me the internet's like more of a hindrance almost. To, Agreed. In, in oh, we way. talk about that all the time. We, had, you know, back in the day, it was just like you'd talk to your mom and dad, right? If and you didn't know what to do, because we didn't know what to do, so you talked to your mom and dad, and that's all pretty much all you did. 
Or, you or had, your doctor or whoever. Or your good friends. I mean, we had Steve and Mary, <laughs> whose kids were 10 years older than you guys. And so we had friends who had kids that were older, and we'd be able to call and say, what about this? What do you mm-hmm. do? What are you guys doing? What are you doing? It takes a village to raise kids. I mean, we had a village of, when my kids were little, really little, and I was working, my girlfriend would take them to the doctor for me. If they needed to go to the doctor in the middle of the week and I couldn't get off work. I have no no recollection of this. And Minnie took you guys to the pediatrician quite a few times. Wow. So, yeah. So, we were very blessed to have a great support system around us. Yes. I think it's better to communicate with people Mm -hmm. that you know because then you see how they're raising their child, you know, or your parents or because you know how they raised you or whatever, as opposed to getting information off the internet from somebody, you don't really know who this person is. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't know what their background is. They mm-hmm. could be a good parent. They could be a, not a good parent, and they're just trying to get clicks on their Instagram account or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, to a certain aspect, the, the simpler, more tried-and-true methods sometimes are better because it, it's, it's more grassroots. Well, it's at least it's one answer. I mean, we talk about that all the time, that the internet gives you a million answers that contradict each other. So how are we supposed to know what's right and what's wrong and what's, you know, it's just, it's too much sometimes, I think, for us. So I think you have to have trusted sources, right? Good friends of you that have kids that are a little bit older and they've got a little more experience than you, you can, you know, talk to them about how they dealt Mm -hmm. with something and things like that versus... You know, going out there and trying to find something online. Yeah. You know. So you would say, I mean, that was the next question, so you did a nice little... Like, what's the biggest difference between, like, when you were parenting versus, like, us parenting now? Well, yeah, we wanted to get information. Our, you know, our internet was the library and Encyclopedia Britannica kind of thing. We didn't have anything back then. I mean... We had 14 you had years. Misty's dictionary that she read as a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. No, we had parenting books. I we think had, I gave David a We had maybe 10 books. TV channels or something, you know. Cable was relatively new and, you know, well, no cell phones. We had a little cable because we had CMT. We didn't have cell phones yet. So. No, no not when channel. we were born. Yeah, so we had CMT. We no, no, but not the cell phones. That oh, wasn't no, like... no cell phones. No cell phones, no internet. Um... Internet might have just been hitting when you guys, but we weren't really into it until. I think until I was in like. like 96 or 97, probably when. But we, even then, I think. Even like, then, yeah. it was very limited. Mm-hmm. Right? Dial up. I'm using the phone. <laughs> I'm using the phone. Stop using the internet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, I don't miss those days. So, like, so I'm hearing like the big difference is you guys use your community so much more. Um, whereas, like, kind of this day and age is a lot harder because the community that people try to use is the internet, which is sometimes not credible on actually how to certain parenting things or information. Where you guys use people with real experience right. um, often, and our parents, and, our yeah. grandparents. Well, we attended church a lot back then, and so a lot of people that we knew in church, you know, were, we're all, si- all similar ages. Had were having kids at the same time, so we would, you know meet with them and talk with them, you know, either at church or later on or whatever. And so it was a lot more yeah, community-oriented. You got your information from people you knew and practical experience. And, 
things like that. Better. Yeah. I feel like we talk all the time about like, oh, we need to like have a parenting community. Like we need to have like like game nights, and then it's like our friends are parents, so we can like at least have people to talk to, and like or doing this is like part of that. Well, you don't well, have to. You do don't we... have to be part of a church to have a small group. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and we. I mean, we just your neighbors like we're we have all brand new neighbors now mm-hmm. in our neighborhood they're young we're gonna have a little evening get to know the kind neighbors of a meet and greet because they oh, have cute. two little kids across the street these two are a young couple this couple has a teenager so just to <laughs> know who's in your neighborhood and mm-hmm. we were fortunate i mean today i was out of mustard i text my neighbor do you got any mustard I mean, you know, you borrow, you oh, borrow from yeah. your neighbors. The old, the old oh. cup of sugar thing. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I thought. It's like David's dream; his eyes twinkled <laughs> like, oh, yeah. when you said that. It's like what he wants. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge uh, community person. I talk. I think I talk about it enough. People, uh, people know that pretty, pretty uh, quickly. And I think just meeting you, meeting you guys, meeting all of you um, when I first. Um, met Courtney, just seeing how community was so important to you, how tight-knit your, your community is, um, that, yeah, remember to get a cup of sugar, or, hey, I have this question, I'm going to go ask this, or, hey, I need this done, You, I know this person that's going to help me, uh, you know, Mike Luna, right, right. can help right. you this X, Y, and Z, and so yeah. um, I could see that being a really big benefit of mm-hmm. just... You know, if you have a good community of friends, you have a big family, essentially, yeah. right, and so mm-hmm. you're going to have guys that are contractors or they're fishermen or hunters or golf professionals or whoever that you can you know if you have questions about things you can go ask them because you know them and they can give you answers to the questions instead of looking it up right yeah i mean i think too like when we when we first met you talked a lot about like oh just like the traditions and the things that we like had in place too it was so Mm -hmm. meaningful to see that yeah to see like what traditions look like and what community with traditions look like together mm-hmm. that aren't just family but family and friends and how that mm-hmm. all is family mm-hmm. um has been has been really cool to well, yeah we have two families we have our family and we have our camping family mm-hmm. and our camping family includes we like might have 20, stole that from you we're 20, not gonna say we did but we might 28 <laughs> 20, other families 25 families now that have added on I we're mean, getting there in-laws and mm-hmm. you know kids our friends when we started it was 10 group 10 of us 10 families and now we all have, and all of them ask, like, Ed and Cindy, how are the girls? What are the oh, girls up to? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. longtime friends who still want to stay in touch with each, you know, know how each other's kids are doing. Mm-hmm. And now their kids come camping with their little kids. So it's super fun that we get to, you know, do, we yeah. do it once we're, a year pretty we're much. We're blessed that they included us in that. In that group. Mm-hmm. In that group 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Well, now that you're empty nesters is there anything you would do differently after parenting after parenting like since obviously you're still parenting it just looks different but like now that we are all above the age of 18 and moved out and you're empty nesters you're living your best i tell people regularly my parents are living their best lives they look like they just love being empty nesters but is there anything you would do differently as, a as far as raising my kids yeah if i go as far, back if you could go back if i knew then what i know now kind of sure thing. Mm-hmm. Probably not much different. I would probably um, use. I would, the approach would probably change the fundamental information and mm-hmm. things that 
I tried to do would essentially be the same. There might be tweaks here and there, mm -hmm. but I think it would be more of, uh, it's hard to say, you just try to be, I don't know, I, I hard, it's hard to say because I remember back in the day, I'm thinking, you know, looking back at old pictures and all the things that we used to do, the dog piles on the floor, mm -hmm. and, you know, all the ribbons that you guys used to put in my hair and stuff like that it was all fun it was all it was all part of the experience and it was so much fun so no i don't think i'd change much it's hard to say what i would change but mm -hmm. i don't think i would change much mom same i mean i think you know us buying a tent trailer and taking you guys out into nature was our biggest fun thing that we did with you guys as kids mm -hmm. you know being outside playing all the years of going to Sun River. Mm -hmm. oh, we talk about that all the time, too. Mm -hmm. I love Sun River. Yeah, so for us, I mean, I think, you know, of course, you're always going to have regrets as parents. I wish I had done that. I wish I could have done that. But mm -hmm. just have to be content with it. Turned out okay, and they're all doing great. So We couldn't have done too bad because they all turned out pretty good. That's right. That's, we get compliments all the time on what great kids we have. So. All right, we're at the point of our podcast, and it's our if we're not a finale win and low. Oh yeah, Aww. I didn't think of that. Um, no we're pressure. Doing win, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> we're doing our win and low of the week. Um, so this is a positive and maybe a not so positive from your week, and anything goes: parenting, relationship, work, anything doesn't matter. And mom is gonna go first, aka Misty Dawn. <laughs> Okay, my win is I got to spend the day with my dad for his 80th birthday last week, so that is my win. Um, the woe is our boat broke when we were out on the boat. Oh. So I didn't we, know that. We really got to spend a lot of time together <laughs> because it took us five knots an hour to get back to the marina. Oh, wow. You were cruising. <laughs> yeah, we were slow cruising. Pontoon cruising. Yeah. <laughs> Pontoon cruising. Um, so that's the whoa, but it was great time with my dad. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was kind of a... One day you'll be thankful that boat broke down. That's right. Mm -hmm. I told him, it's your greatest 80th birthday story, Dad. Mm -hmm. So um, so that was my win and my woe, is getting to spend time with my dad for his... Which he was like, I didn't realize 80 is a big deal. I'm like, Dad, it's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. It is you a know? big deal. Absolutely. So, so pretty exciting for me. Yeah. And, and then my husband's birthday is the next day, so, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you picked him, right? That's right. Okay, I will go. My woe is that Rome is still teething. I don't know if I've said this is a woe before, but it's just still a woe. Uh, but it's like actually cutting through now. And so it's really disrupting not only her sleep, but just like her functioning. It's just, it's harder and it's just something I'm not used to because she's like a fairly chill baby. If anyone's met her, she's like hangs out. Obviously she's sitting here during this podcast. Um, she like now chews on my wine glasses, so it makes hot drinking wine harder, and that's just rough, you know, because like I would love to enjoy a, a glass life. of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my win is that she is like a pro packing baby. Uh, we've uh, just like through the process of packing and moving into our new house, she's just hanging, she's letting me pack up things, she's sitting in tubs, she's hanging out in the tubs, she's playing with the bubble wrap, and it's just it's yeah. been a very enjoyable time, so. Yeah. That is my win. Yeah. All right, job. Dad. You're up. 
So my win and woo this week is kind of the same thing. One half of it's a win and the other half of it's kind of a woe. As, as my wife said, I had my birthday earlier this week and um, got to spend my birthday day. My wife was up and you know, visiting her father. And so I spent the day on the golf course uh, with two of my favorite golfing buddies who are similar ages to me. And ironically, they're both better golfers than me, even though I'm the professional in the group. And so, um, and we have a great time playing. And so that was a big win. I really enjoy the time that we spend on the golf course together. And, uh, but at the same time, my birthday is kind of a woe because, you know, as you grow up, and you, you know your friends oh i'm so concerned i'm turning 30 or i'm so concerned i'm turning 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever it is well when you turn 65 you have to do medicare and you do all these things that you do when you turn 65 and so to me 65 none of the previous trademark you know priority dates that you're of birth were none of them bothered me it was just another birthday this one bothered me it was just mm -hmm. like when you sign up for Medicare, all of a sudden it's like, Medicare, hmm. okay, I guess I'm officially old now. It's like, and so it's just a little more stressful for me. But the day itself was great, and I'm blessed that I have a, I'm still healthy, and I'm, I have a great family. And so that's, it, you know, so it was a win and a woe at the same time. Well, we're glad you're here, yes. and you are young, huh? He's a young papa. He's going to teach you to go. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to round us out? All right, I think I am. Um, so my woe, I'll start with my woe. <laughs> my woe uh, this week is, I I think I, I hit the peak. You kind of talked about aging a little bit. Um, I think I hit the peak of getting older. Um, a milestone for me. Welcome for, to the club. Yep. <laughs> um, I went and saw a movie with some friends. Um, super uh, amazing Spider-Man. Uh, great movie. Um, but uh, I fell asleep multiple times throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor it was an amazing movie. I was like, what are you going to say late of a movie? Yeah, right? I but I went, I went to, yeah, I went, I thought I could go see a movie at 9.50 showing and um, I was exhausted and I fell asleep like three different times throughout the movie. Um, and yeah, so that was a, that was a new uh, no milestone. More, no me. more midnight premieres for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I won't be doing that for a while until I'm getting regular sleep. So that was that definitely was a woe. So I, I'm going to go see it again. Um, and a win um, is, you know, we're moving um, into our new that's house. A big win, yeah. Uh, so that's a big win. Um, get got the keys and gonna start, yeah, fully transitioning over to our new house and start making memories and building memories with my family and friends there. And I don't paint. Just saying. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm starting to work on projects. I have a lot of projects I want to do. So I'm, I've been anxiously waiting for the last month, uh, and so now I actually get to start that. So. Uh, that is a big win to wrap our season finale uh, of our win in our woes. All right, and that is a wrap of our final episode of season one of Room to Roam. Uh, so wild. I know. Uh, Keith and Misty, thank you so much for joining us on an amazing episode. I feel like I've gotten cl even closer to you both of just learning more about you. And I'm so thankful that you guys were willing to 
being on a podcast. That was fun. Very fun. Thank you. We always like to wrap our podcasts with a final question, food for thought kind of a thing. So our question for you guys is one thing that you want your kids to always know about you. And because this is a tough question, and Dad's already taking a deep breath. I'm already taking deep breath, so I'm going to start crying. I'm going to make David go first. Yeah. I'll make David go. Yeah, I already know. Um, I mean, I... Um, what I want her to know and what my kids to know always is that I am proud of them no matter what they do they decide to do in life that I'm I'm proud of them and that I I love them and so you know I tell Rome that every night before Mm -hmm. we go to bed I do her bedtime stuff uh, and then before I give her to mom to eat I tell her that I I love her and I'm proud of her and she's going to do amazing things in life and I'm excited to see those things Um, so I just want her my kids to know that. Um, yeah. I think one thing I want our kids to always know about me is that they are the greatest thing that we've ever done. And it's truly like what I felt like I was put in the world to do is be their mom. So that is my one big thing. Misty Dawn. Me first? Want me it's your first. permanent name. We should change your Instagram <laughs> handle. Tyler loves to call you Misty Dawn. Oh, nice. Thank you, Ty. Um, I think I'm much the same as you, that the one thing I want my kids and my grandkids, now even more, always to know is that I love them to the moon and back, and always will. All right, don't, don't, don't break the, don't don't break the microphone. That, uh, I got, how do I properly word this, that no matter what the memory you may have of a specific instance in your upbringing, that regardless of my uh, regardless of anything that may have happened I always had your best interest in heart I love you all dearly and um, I'm so proud of the women that you've all become Thanks. I did it without crying that's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) he's so eloquent Uh, awesome well that is a wrap. That's it. Um, let us know um, what you thought about this episode. Feel free to yeah, DM us at Room to Room Instagram. And uh, stay tuned throughout um, our break. We will be doing little uh, Monday challenge episodes um, on, on Reels. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next season, whenever that will be. So take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.